Hello. Welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja. And today I would like to talk about, you know, yet another kind of intangible mercurial concept, tolerance. So we all always use it. We encourage each other to be tolerant. We teach it in our classes. But I don't think so we ever pause to think about it deeply. And what does tolerance mean? And this is something that I've talked about and thought about a lot. And as I've said in my other episodes, I don't claim to be a philosopher. But one thing that I learned while reading for, you know, my scholarship and while watching videos on YouTube was this one particular interview by Edward Said in which he's talking about acceptance and tolerance and he uses a very instructive sentence where he is relying on his own reading, of course, but what he suggests is that accepting others without effacing the difference. And to me, that stood out as, as one of the most expressive explanations of the term tolerance, that it could mean, after all has been thought and said, accepting others without effacing the difference, which means that accepting others as they are without wanting them to be like us. So if you look at uh, a lot of political and philosophical theory, even like people like John Rawls and Richard Rorty, they always base interpersonal human relationships with the idea of closeness, right? Not primordial, but that we tend to like people who are like us and who live close to us more than people that live far away, right? But I kind of disagree with that because my idea is that if we are really tolerant human beings, then we should have no problem accepting others despite our differences, right? Now, of course, there can be certain differences that cannot be bridged, you know. We, we can't accept someone who's violent. We can't accept someone, you know, who's a sexist or, you know, who doesn't like minorities or who's a racist. I mean, there, is a, there are limits to tolerance. But by and large, if the differences are religious or cultural, where my culture is different from the other person, tolerance would enable me to still befriend that person, right? Know them and maybe learn to know the way their world works, the way they think the world, right? And in that sense, tolerance enables me to reach out to people who would otherwise be culturally different from me, right? And maybe try to find something in common. So that's how I think of tolerance. And that's how I try to teach it in my classes. So in my classes, the texts that I choose are mostly from so many different parts of the world. And my students in America, they are pretty diverse themselves. So what we 
learn as we discuss, let's say, a novel from Kenya, a novel from the Caribbean, a novel from South Asia, we obviously discuss, you know, the lives of the characters in the novel or the setting or what is happening. But what I also want my students to know is that simply because someone is doing things differently or someone is acting differently in a story, they should not essentialize that behavior. So the tolerance comes into play in an act of interpretation for them when they understand that certain acts are universally wrong, right? But when they learn to look at characters and their actions beyond individual actions and, and posit them within the larger structure in which they exist, right? What is determining their behavior? What is making them do certain things to other human beings? And then bring it back to their own life, right? And try to figure out, are there any corresponding actions that they have witnessed in their real life? Or is there a way in which someone within their own culture performs a public identity that sort of replicates those kind of behaviors? So in that sense, then the tolerance that they are learning is not necessarily accepting everything in a text, but the tolerance of not essentializing what a character does or not reading into it a whole nation, but also trying to determine how they themselves living in the most powerful country might be complicit in the project of how human subjectivities are being created. So for example, when I teach Ngugi Tiango's Devil on the Cross, right, he is pretty open about criticizing global capitalism. Right? And there is a scene in the novel where the main characters from our story enter this cave-like space and there are some local elite, right, the Kenyan elite who are, and it is kind of a satire, but who are boasting as to how they've plundered their own people, right? And on the stage, sitting on the stage, are the seven Europeans who have come from seven powerful nations and the banks, and they are the ones who will give the prize to one individual. Now, this entire staging, right, if you are intolerant of differences, you could just read it as, oh, this is how Africa is, right? But my students, by and large, read into it this idea that the native elite is in concert with the global powers of capitalism and their sympathies usually are always with Waringa and other characters who are watching this scene in horror, right? As to how their own local elite are robbing them and then passing on the profits to these global corporations. So in that sense, tolerance in critical studies then enables my students not to just bring whatever they believe in a text, but to be open to changing their own views of the world, but also accepting that they can be in sympathy with someone across the globe through a story, a person that they might otherwise never meet or not know, a culture that they might never visit. And I think a tolerant view of approaching the text can enable them to do that. Once again, to reiterate, 
Tolerance for me is accepting others despite our differences and not just accepting them but to also be kind, generous and empathetic towards them. Now this is not just like words in the air. There's a lot of research in especially theories of pedagogy where a lot of people including Paulo Freire but beyond that people like Mark Brocker whom I always cite, Martha Nussbaum, Henry Giroux and others have researched into this idea of creation of empathy in our students. And one thing that I have learned from that reading is that when you approach a text or a literary text from the point of view of the feelings of our students, when you point to a character who is being oppressed or who's being tortured or brutalized or, you know, sidelined, and when you ask the students on a human level, what do you feel or encourage them to express their feelings about it, by and large, despite the differences that they might have with this person, cultural, religious, or others, if they can perform an identity that says, oh, this is terrible, right, this shouldn't be happening, then there is room for them to develop tolerant personalities. Because if you look at the genealogy of intolerance, right, or hatred, what is it built on? It is built on exclusionary measures, right? Someone teaches you or me that my way of doing things or my way of understanding the world or living a life is superior, it's better, and hence those who are not following this are not even wrong, they are also inferior. Pretty much all fundamentalist religious philosophies use that or fundamentalist secular philosophies also use this dichotomy, right? Tolerance and a teaching of it or thinking in tolerant terms takes us beyond that binary structures, right? Because it encourages us to say, okay, this person is completely different from me. I am a Buddhist. He is a Christian. But can we find some common ground, right? Where we can come together, where I can respect his or her religion and faith, and he or she can respect mine, and then we can come together and find a common ground which we share on this planet. And think of how many things we can share in common in this world. Just the care for the weak, the care for the infirm, the care of the poor, the care of the planet, environment, peace. All of these things are what we generatively aspire to. So tolerance then as a way of life, as a way of thinking the world, when we inhabit it, when we incorporate it into ourselves, doesn't just make us people who accept others, but it can be deeply transformative. It can enable us to build alliances with people who would otherwise be completely different from us. And it would enable us to maybe understand our local or global others better. And it absolutely, based on my experience, helps one teach better. Because if tolerance is a part of your everyday conduct as a professor, obviously you will not be a sexist, you will not sideline a student simply because they are from a different race or they are from a different ethnicity or religion. So you already are kind of practicing that performatively. But if we incorporate, you know, 
the subtle lessons in tolerance while we teach literature and focus on them, then maybe we can even enable our students to enhance their social identities and personal identities to a point where despite their differences with others, they find time and courage, right? And the generosity to accept others as they are and still accept them in their lives. So these are some of my views on tolerance and its efficacy for real life, but also for pedagogy. I hope these were of some use to you. And as always, I will be happy to build on it or answer your questions if you have them. And as always, I'm also grateful that you take the time to listen to my ramblings. And that really encourages me a lot. Thank you so much. And I will now see you next time in another episode. Until then, as always, peace and love.